Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of the roundup that has links to everything we're about to discuss. Let's go to our first story of the week. Queer COVID-19 resources are here. Centerlink published a COVID-19 vaccine communication toolkit that provides resources for helping to reach out and educate LGBT folks about COVID-19 vaccination. The resources have been developed along with the School of Public Health at the University of Maryland and were just highlighted on an April 6 webinar um, for which you can now find a recording. In addition to tailored resources like a customizable flyer for those organizations that are hosting vaccine clinics and conversation starters to help get the ball rolling with clients, which I think is a really great idea, the initiative also includes a weekly newsletter to help keep you informed. So if you're interested in any of those resources, uh, just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where again, you will find those links. And now to our next piece, delving into vaccine rates. Relatedly, the Journal of the American Medical Association examined COVID-19 vaccination among LGBT adults. Specifically, they looked at how things broke down based on sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, and gender. While LGBT people on the whole were more likely to be vaccinated than were their non-LGBT peers, when we actually look at the subpopulations, things get more complicated. White gay men were the most likely subgroup um, to be vaccinated. At least um, 94% were partially vaccinated or fully vaccinated. On the other hand, black, gay, or lesbian women had the lowest rate. And among that group, there were less than 58% who were vaccinated. So that's a huge uh, swing there from 58% among black, gay, and lesbian women to 94% of white gay men. The results suggest that more outreach is really needed that's targeted at specific groups. So here we see um, black sexual minority women as the group um, most in need of kind of outreach and resources and getting encouraged and um, and getting facilitated uh, vaccination. Um, and this comes as public health officials and other areas in government are, of course, struggling to get more of the country vaccinated, despite um, the fact that we have a majority of folks, we are still lagging behind the target. Uh, so definitely some interesting information here. And hopefully some of the people who are involved in this will take a look at the resources that we just discussed in the first piece, because that could definitely help. Next up, anti-LGBT youth bills continue. Movement Advancement Project published a new report finding that 42 states were considering bills that would make it harder for safe and inclusive education to be provided to LGBT youth. This was over the period from 2020 to 2021. That means that more than 80% of U.S. youth live in a state um, that has at least considered, if not actually enacted, such legislation. Additionally, a whopping 280 bills seeking to suppress support for LGBT youth or censor LGBT inclusive content in schools have been introduced so far this year in 2022, which is more than the total combined for all of 2020 and 2021. So this is a really disturbing trend. Um, You've definitely heard about it here on the podcast, probably seen it in the news if you follow LGBT health uh, stories. And um, it's not just, you know, that we're seeing more in the news about a, a, a problem that's been ongoing. It really has picked up the pace significantly. 
Um, the uh, leaders of the report point to further resort, uh, research finding that the public debate around such bills, just the debate um, negatively impacts LGBT youth's mental health. So, you know, even if some of these bills never become law, the fact that they're happening uh, in the vast majority of states, including a lot of states where they may not succeed at getting enacted, but the, the conversation is so negative that that has been shown to hurt LGBT youth mental health. So definitely very uh, concerning. And we're going to continue in that same theme for our next story, Impacts of Negative Legislation. Fast Company analyzed some of the negative uh, impacts that this type of bill targeting LGBT youth uh, can have. These bills include things like prohibiting teachers from using LGBT-inclusive lessons in the classroom. It also can block students from sharing their own identity. Um, some bills also require that uh, teachers and other um, adult staff at schools report to the parents if, uh, if a student comes out or shares something about an LGBT identity. All of these components can obviously hurt the mental health of youth. For example, the author of this story points to research finding that learning about LGBT historical figures was associated with lower suicidality among youth. And of course, many youth rely on schools as a safe place to get critical information about their identities and their health and their history that they're not able to get elsewhere. Um, so, you know, again, th there's plenty of evidence showing that these bills um, harm youth. And uh, unfortunately, they they've been moving forward nonetheless. Now we're going to turn to a more positive story, new HIV vaccine trials announced. NIH announced that it was beginning a phase one clinical trial of three HIV vaccines that use mRNA technology in a way similar to that used uh, in the COVID-19 vaccines. Anthony Fauci expressed optimism that some of the scientific knowledge we've gained by fighting COVID-19 might translate into a vaccine for HIV, which remains an elusive goal more than 40 years after HIV was first reported in the U.S. By contrast, companies developed COVID-19 vaccines in less than a year. The study will begin with 108 adult participants, of whom one-third will get each of the three experimental vaccines. The trial is expected to be completed by summer of next year. And in our final story of the week, seeking or avoiding care in South Korea. LGBT Health published a study on the experiences of sexual minority adults seeking health care in South Korea. The study found that after controlling for other variables, LGBT adults who had, ex uh, who had high expectations that they were going to face rejection related to their identity when they were seeking care had 1.38 times higher prevalence of delaying or avoiding care compared to adults who had lower expectations of facing rejection. In other words, just feeling like you're going to get rejected because of your uh, sexual identity meant that people were more likely to avoid or delay care, which makes sense. The results show how um, this can really have an impact on LGBT health as those who skip care are likely to have um, potential health problems that could have been found earlier, found later when they're harder to cure or treat. Well, that concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can head on over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find the written version with links to all of these great stories. And I hope you'll tune in next week for another edition of our Roundup.